0: Nicolas Cage is probably one of our generation's definitive actors.
1: Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's keeping well now the summer is truly underway.
0: Hi everybody, Matt Guy here. It feels like the end days. We've had about two weeks <laughs> of sun now and I've one sick of it. Hello.
2: You can't be sick. It, I mean, people known of it. They, people choose to go to Spain to endure this heat. You can never be sick of it. Can you? It's it's, glory. it's not too bad. As long as we don't have them, them borderline 40 that we had them two days last year. Everything else is acceptable and this is fine. Now we don't have to wear a suit anymore. That was a bad experience yesterday. No, back to normal again. Shirt and t-shirt. The world is okay. False,
0: false.
1: Yeah.
2: fake, fake news. This yeah. is true. Anything over
1: seventeen is too hot to be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to. You know, I was at a music festival last week, and I had to take a two-hour siesta most days just to get out of the sun. Even though there was bands, there was just no shade. It was absolutely horrible. Um, and the thing is about when you go to Spain to enjoy it is the rooms generally have aircon, whereas our rooms have cavity insulation. <laughs> so it's just it's just not <laughs> they are not the same. Yeah, we're kind of fucked in this
1: country, aren't we? When it comes to it all, but in typical Wolverhampton style, this weekend we've
0: had a flood warnings coming through <laughs> because that's just how we roll round these parts. <laughs> well, I heard it was really bad—the flooding around here last week when I was at Download. We didn't have a drop of rain, but then saw people like posting pictures of like yeah, flash flooding, and it being really bad, and like ambulances and stuff being called. Yeah, we did have
1: a, a a bit of a mad one. Like the I've got like vents at the top of my doors, and the rain was coming down so hard at one point it was actually coming back in through the vents mm. at the top. So it it did like go batshit crazy. But as quickly as it started, it stopped, and then we were just back to blistering fucking heat again.
2: I think we're, we're living in hilltop as we do here. Um, we're never going to get flooded, so we're okay here. But it's it's normally then the way i't that I don't I don't remember any flooding though. I mean, the garden normally gets really bad towards the bottom of it because of the drainage issues. But there was none of that at all this time round. No, I don't. I, I feel like I've missed out. <coughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, we're here to discuss Into the Spider-Verse But before we do that, there was a big release that I think we should probably have a quick natter about The Flash dropped finally after years upon years of delays And rewrites and Ezra Millers And everything going seemingly wrong about with the film um, All three of us have been to see it now as far as I can remember So,
0: Matt, what did you think? um like i tweeted yesterday it was just it was it was a food fight it was an absolute chaotic mess in the best way possible um the way you described it andy was was the best really it was a great movie a bad film like it it was entertaining it was silly it was stupid it was it was brilliant in that aspect of it but it also it was just it was just it, it at a time deviated from being, like, this silly film to um, also trying to be a bit serious at times, and then it was, like, you were laughing at it, not with it. Um, and not, you know, I think we've seemingly put it under the rug as well that he's a massive weapon. Um, <laughs> mm. So, yeah, all in all, a strange one, really.
1: Yeah, it, it was just a complete clusterfuck, but it somehow worked as an experience. As a a film, it was a bit shit. Like, I mean, the CG is down there with some of the worst we've seen for the last Mm -hmm. few years. It was so bad. And some of the, I mean, it's not spoilery because it's very much out in the public, but there are characters in this film who were no longer with us. Um, And they looked horrendous. Like They looked so far from who we know them to be. It took me a full minute to realise who it was actually supposed to be. Uh, Yeah, it it was um, horrific. But I can't say I didn't have a good time watching it. I chuckled along at several points. Um, The baby in the microwave really made me laugh because of how (laughs) inappropriate it was. But it was fun. And for that kind of film, that's literally all I wanted was just something to switch my brain off and just enjoy the ride for a a couple of hours. Stu?
2: I mean... (laughs) The CG was worse than the the, the CW t- TV show, which is going some way compared to hey that went in its later years. I just another whole thing. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a comic book film. It doesn't really matter, does it? But when you, you've got the characters have got no weight in in real time or or flash um, speed force time, it just looks stupid. And <laughs> but again, there was moments in it where. People were going oh when certain things happened, and in others, one of the biggest laughs I've ever heard in any any watching anything, even jackass and war rat and anything like that. I've never heard it. There was so many people just barely laughed at a certain point in this film. Well, we're not going to say obviously, um, but it's shit, isn't it? It's it's a bad film, rounding off a bad group of films they're all interconnected and there's a reason why James Gunn's rebooting all this nonsense and the fact that it's bombed so badly as well and considering how much money the Marvel films still make and when they've been not very good at all recently it's just like well this is as bad as it can possibly get saying that I loved it way more than I I enjoyed Across the Spider-Verse last week doesn't make any sense that statement I know but it's, the, like Matt said, it's stupid, it's nonsense, it doesn't make any sense. In any other world, you Andy would hate this film more than anything in, ever. Without a doubt, without a doubt. But <laughs> it's not even a DC thing, he'd hate it. But I don't know why, we. <laughs> this bit. you can, the usual thing of, oh, can you recommend this? Yeah, you can, because it's funny. And it's a complete, it's a excellent way to waste two and a half hours Mm. because you don't need to you don't need to think about anything at all you can just put it on it's the most perfect popcorn film of the year because Mm. it is so stupid nothing makes any sense you don't need any any background knowledge everything's already been done on a tv show for the last eight years yet it's
1: still fun yeah perfect um like it kind of reminds me of spider-man 3 in that it's probably going to end up being a film I watch a lot more than I really should and definitely going <laughs> not admit to. It's that kind of level of, uh, yeah, I'll turn it on and laugh at it probably more than I will ever laugh with it, I think. And that's perfectly fine, especially because hopefully this is going to draw an end to, as you've both pointed out, the end of the DCU as was. And then we could draw a line under it and just move forward um, with Blue Beetle and then Spider-Man Legacy. Uh, Which hopefully will just reignite everyone's passion because I think part of the reason why the box office returns have been slightly slim pickings. I mean, it's still 130 million worldwide, but, you know, regardless, uh, is because a lot of people know that this is going to be the end. So they sort of don't care. So I think that's part of the reason. Uh, Moving on, though. So we're here for Into the Spider-Verse. So the first film. Of the what's going to be a trilogy, who knows, it might get more films down the line after it, but this is the first one anyway. The introduction of Miles Morales to a wider audience who probably don't necessarily read comic books will get to know the new Spider Man character. Um, Ace of Interest, Stu, had you, did you know who Miles Morales was before Into the Spider Verse, or was this your introduction to the character?
2: I knew, I didn't know him, no, I knew of him in the same way I kind of knew of shocker and, and I kind of say B list characters like that in a kind of roundabout way. You just kind of absorb this stuff over years mm. and years. Um, but in, in no way was I, um, okay with his whole backstory and what he was the Puerto Rico store for any of that. I didn't really know him, um, in the detail, but I knew of him, but again, that's, yeah. that's me on the kind of periphery of this stuff, rather than being in the eye of the storm. I know a lot of people did not have any idea who this was going into this mm. film.
1: Yeah. Uh, Matt, had you read any
0: Spider-Man Mars Morales stuff or was this yeah. brand new to you? Yeah. brand, brand I mean, I'd heard of Mars Morales only because of like the Spider-Man game DLC. Um, right. Yeah. But that's like, that's li- that's, lit- that's literally it. Like I hadn't a clue about this character um, at all. So it was fresh to me in terms of knowing anything about an origin story or anything like that.
1: Mm. Like I remember when Mars Mars was introduced. So basically, in a nutshell, Matt, you'll hate this, there's two Marvel universes. well, there's multiple, two universes running that they were having comics wrote in. You had the 616, which is the main continuity, and you had the Ultimate Universe, which was an updated version of it. And this is where Miles came in, was in the non-continuity universe. So there was so much hype about Peter Parker dying and who's going to be the new Spider-Man. And, of course, as soon as it was announced that it was going to be someone who wasn't a white kid, all the <laughs> knuckle-draggers were out in full force bemoaning the fact that they've made Spider-Man black now. When they didn't, it was a whole new character. It's not a black Peter Parker. He's someone fresh and interesting. And I How... found his character so much more palatable to read, just much more vibrant on the page than any Peter Parker book, personally.
0: How does he die in that universe? Um,
1: I don't know the ins and outs. I've literally read his last issue in that, and it was just all of the villains came together to beat the shit out of him. Fair. Yeah. the only way I think you can stop one was to have like the whole their version oh, okay. of the Legion of Doom. Yeah. So going into this film, then, did you have any hopes and fears? You've both seen the film before, haven't you, Stu? Obviously, you've you're watching this film again after seeing Across the Universe. Was there anything you was looking for rewatching this movie? now?
2: Um, I don't. I don't know really, because because I'd only watched it again a couple of weeks ago. Um, so re-watching this twice in the space of a month was a bit mad um, but it, it was weird because every time I've seen it there's always that moment of this shouldn't be possible like, how, how can anything look like this mm. and I, know how it, how, I obviously know now how it's done but from that very first trailer to now that whole look of it still blows my mind
1: and, it's incredible isn't
2: it yeah it's just nothing nothing's been able to ape it either yet you're gonna think it's probably very expensive to do that's probably why
1: <laughs> yeah uh the teenage mutant ninja turtles looks like it's potentially going to be the closest one to that style um but we'll, we'll obviously see how that goes matt you haven't seen across the Spider Verse yet have you no no, no. no so no. how are you revisiting this now are you looking to it to uh, refresh your memory before you go and see across the spider verse do you think
0: or i mean I, I was i was keen to see how with tired eyes this film panned out and i don't mean tired in the literal sense of I'm knackered as in I'm just <laughs> sick of superhero films fucking <clears throat> sick of them i don't want to see another one for ages how does this compare when i'm bored of them now that was how i was going into it um and we'll get into how I'm sure as the pod goes on, but yeah, you know we're we're in the we're in the twelfth round of twelve at the minute when it comes to superhero films. The box office shows that as well. People have had enough. We that cycle's complete now. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, So I was interested to see: am I going to be bored of this because it's just another superhero story?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So IMDb describes this film as: Teen Miles Morales becomes the Spider-Man of his universe and must join with five spider-powered individuals from other dimensions to stop a threat for all realities. This film opens up with Peter Parker explaining who he is. He's the one and only Spider-Man. We get some self-referential fun and then we meet Miles Morales. We meet him starting his third week at his new super school. He hates it there. He feels out of place, but his dad won't let him give up on it. He turns up late to his lesson, they're watching a video on multiversal theory. We're less than ten minutes in, and like we've already met sort of the main players in this film. And I've already laughed at three jokes. Like mm-hmm. it started off really nice and light and it eased you into the world so well, I thought. So it was the joke about him trying to get out of trouble using Einstein's theory of time, that really tickled me his dad making him tell him that he loves him in front of the whole school. <laughs> and then people telling miles that his shoes were untied because he was wearing Jordans and that's just how they're worn. Like we've watched proper comedy films or, you know, films that are billed as comedy that haven't had the same impact of the opening sequence in this film. And immediately I absolutely loved it. Plus I thought the number of songs that we had, there was like three or four songs, really early doors and they're all absolute bops like, really good way to set the scene of where they are. Matt, what did you think of the like the, just your opening into the world? What did you think?
0: Yeah, you got to picture this time-wise. What was this, 2018, was it, there and thereabouts? Yeah. It, yeah. Like, I, I don't think we were quite, like, five years ago was a, a very, very different time musically and everything, and this it just felt different in terms of, like, it, it didn't have the same worn out vibes that you get from a lot of like superhero films there's no overarching guitar solos and there's no you know what i mean it just it just mm. felt it just felt different it just it felt grittier and but not in a not in a n- noir kind of way it just felt different and uh, it's it, it, it draws you in because you think oh and then obviously there's the stunning visuals but we'll get onto that in in spades i'm sure it just feels different, doesn't it? It doesn't feel run-of-the-mill. And that's a theme for the whole
2: way through.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Stu, uh, do you agree?
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think we, we've seen this kind of this stuff done before. Um, a lot in the Tom Holland ones as well, where the musical key, you know, the cues and stuff are very there all the way through, especially in the trailers. Um, so we, it's not like it's an alien concept funny enough um but yeah it just works everything works everything worked from it from the very off from the very tra- like i said but, but the very trailer of this which is one of the rare things where i did watch the trailer because it was so weird um but that bit on the steps because that's something that my mom did to me and obviously my mom's not a cop If people say that um <laughs> but that kind of public embarrassment that she did to me and then obviously watching it in this, and then I, I started doing it as well now because you unleash your power. Uh, yeah, it's like a rite of passage. It has to be done. But for it to be done in this kind of film where it's clearly aimed not really at kids, um, it just grounded it a bit in, in a film that's very out there. Mm,
1: yeah, it's added a layer of authenticity to it, I felt. Yeah. That evening, Miles goes to visit his uncle, Aaron. Whilst Miles' dad is a policeman, his uncle is more of a man around town. He's the type of guy who knows how to get you things. Think Red in Shawshank Redemption. That was the kind of character I thought he probably would have been on the streets. Uh, They visit a disused subway to allow Miles a chance to do some graffiti artwork. Whilst there, a spider appears with the number 42 on it. The spider crawls onto Miles and bites him. The day after, Miles wakes up and he's grown and is experiencing some rather odd things. He chalks it up to puberty. He meets up with his classmate, Gwanda, she says her name is. As the day unfolds, Miles realizes that he's starting to get powers of a spider. But how can that be? Like, there can't be two Spider-Men. I'm sure we'll find out more in about five years' time.
2: <laughs> Whilst trying
1: to get to grips with what's going on, Miles wanders into a factory, right in the middle of the fight between Spider-Man, Green Goblin and the Prowler. Kingpin was trying to use this super collider in this building. He wanted to open a door into another dimension. I can hear Matt Guy getting furious at the idea (laughs) of of multiple dimensions. Spider-Man is unable to stop them. The dimensional rift opens and he tries to close it back up. As he does this, the Green Goblin pushes Peter Parker into the heart of the rift. This causes an explosion, knocking the grid out, but also ultimately killing Peter. Before Parker dies, he entrusts Miles with a key to shut down the collider. Um, that's thirty minutes, Stu. How are you doing at this point?
2: Kind of breathtaking. <laughs> it's just again, we've we've said so many times on here about so many villains all at once and too much going on, which is normally the, the downside, especially in the uh, mm-hmm. in Spider Man Three. We <laughs> mentioned last week, but. <laughs> It just works in this one because it, it is, before you even get into the multiversal stuff, it makes perfect sense why all these all these characters are all there at the same time and how over exaggerated Kinglin's tiny little head is on <laughs> um, <laughs> his massive body. Yeah, but I think one of the, the biggest takeaways was that, again, how serious they are playing it and they're, they're not pissing about it, and they're not, turning, they're not making it a big-budget version of the comic from the 90s, mm. the comic book series from the 90s. It is its own thing, and it's almost like animation's a choice rather than the need in this for the reason what, for how the story's panning out, because it's way more mature than it needs to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Uh, Matt, how are you feeling at this point?
0: I mean, you know seeing it from the first time and this time, you know, to have someone, for someone that comes not knowing this story whatsoever to have like Peter Parker die. It's a bit, it's a big deal. You know what I mean? To have mm. the hero die. It just doesn't happen all that often really. So that was a shock. Like the first time and, and, and to some degree this time forgetting kind of what I'd seen in the past, you know, visually it's, it's verges on, borderline too chaotic at times um for my tastes i guess um but it's the novelty of it never really wears off which is a good thing it's so unusual compared to 99.9 percent of everything that you see it's okay like it it it, it verges just about on the right side of of too much um it's it's thoroughly entertaining like the whole the whole way through you know like the fight scenes with, it's not quite pow or ke- <laughs> ke- plong or anything like that, but it's as good as in parts and, and you know, the scrolling bits of comic book text and stuff. It's those little tiny touches that make you smile and makes you really, you know, because you still fall in love with those things that you used to love in comic books in the past. Mm. So yeah, really enjoying it up to this point. Yep.
1: Yeah, Agreed. I like the pacing of this film as well. I think not just in the opening 30, but throughout it. There's just a constant movement throughout it. It never feels like it slows down so much that it could almost stop. The whole movie just keeps going and going and going. And it it's so much better for it than your standard comic book fare, which try to hit all of the normal beats. And you'll have that slowed down part where there's the emotional opening up to the point of, you know, mawkishness. And with the death of Peter, which, I mean, I'm just going to talk about in a moment with the death of him and how that impacts on the city. Whilst it's slow, there is still the undercurrent of miles trying to become the person he wants to be Mm. with his spider powers. So they're even using the slow parts to push the story forward. And they've done that throughout the whole film. And this first 30 minutes was a really great introduction to a character, to his motivations and to this canon event, I suppose is what, that it, you know, the, the term that it becomes, um, that he just keeps going, and I think that's so well done. Something you don't expect from either animated films or comic book movies. So I think fantastic. Um. So yeah, as I said, we see the city mourning the death of Peter Parker, Miles realizing that he needs to take on Parker's mantle because New York needs a Spider Man. The whole animation in this sequence I thought was beautiful. Like Really sorrowful, really heartbreaking, just beautiful. So well done. One night, Miles goes to visit, visit Peter's grave. And whilst he's there, he's approached by Peter Parker, a different Peter Parker, a man whose life fell apart. He lost his aunt, he lost his wife, and he lost his motivation. Parker explained that he was sucked off into the rift and ended up on Miles's earth. Peter needs to get back to the Collider, which Miles is trying to destroy. Peter needs it to get home, but Miles needs it to stop. Peter offers to train Miles if Miles can help Peter use the Collider to get home. The boys enter Alchemax, the place where the Collider is held. The boys steal a computer and run away whilst being followed by Dr. Olivia Octavius. Live to her friends, but Doc Ock to her enemies. The Spider-Men are chased out of the building, to get away, Miles throws a bagel at somebody. That might be worth remembering one day. As Doc Ock gets closer to capturing them both, out of nowhere a pair of hands helps them to beat her. Gwanda from school, or rather Gwen Stacy, she is the spider woman from another dimension where her best friend Peter Parker died. Across all of the ruckus, the key Peter gave to Miles got damaged. They have to visit Aunt May to find out if Peter had anywhere they could make a copy of that key. She takes them to his secret bat cave. Whilst they're in there, the three spider people, spidey senses all kick off. They are not alone. We meet Spider-Man Noir, his jacket billowing in the wind, even though they're in an underground bunker where there's no wind. <laughs> Wherever I go, the wind follows, and that wind smells like rain. We meet Penny Parker, who has a special spider mech suit robot, and we meet Peter Porker, Spider-Ham. Struggling with the enormity of it all and not being able to talk to anybody about it, Miles goes to visit his Uncle Aaron. He's not there, though. So Miles just sits back in the dark, taking a moment. At that time, the prowler breaks in. Sensing that something is off, the prowler looks around Aaron's apartment. Miles is able to use his spidey power of invisibility so that he isn't seen. Feeling safe, the prowler removes his mask. It's Uncle Aaron. Terrified, Miles runs. He gets seen, and the Prowler chases him through the streets of New York. Did Matt? Did you know that the Prowler was Uncle Aaron going into this film? I mean, I know you've obviously you've seen. it. No, what did you no. think of
0: the reveal? Um, uh, I didn't. I, I didn't think anything of it. Really, I, it didn't right. mean anything to me because I didn't know who the Prowler was prior to this. Um. I thought the reveal of her being Doc Ock was brilliant. That was all right. It was a, it was a great mm. t- twist. Is the word I guess reveal um, because it opened the eyes straight away to anything being a possibility. Because you don't know, and this is one rare positive of this multiverse shite, is that you don't know that this is the normal universe because it isn't, mm. is it? It's not the universe we know. It's not the universe of the film, the live-action films, because that isn't Doc Ock or our Doc Ock. Do you know what I mean? So, I yeah. mean, it, it, it all of a sudden opens the, the checkbook. It's not the right word. But it's carte blanche for the, for anything goes now, which is quite exciting, really.
2: Mm,
1: yeah. Uh, I quite like the fact that with the Prowler, he was never the main villain. He was just someone that, where's the audience saw, who was just helping the more known characters. He was helping your kingpins and your green goblins. He was just sort of there. So when it was revealed that it was Uncle Aaron, even though I knew, having read some of the books and what have you, I thought it was well done that they didn't try and force it down our throats a little bit. I think if they'd have made him the big bad main guy right from the start, it would have felt a little bit hackneyed if he then turned out to be the bad guy. Mm. Stu, how were you feeling about the the reveals of of both the Prowler and Doc Ock? As
2: well, said many times, I'm quite stupid with these things. Um, so both of them were like gaspy moments that I just didn't see coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got no idea who Prowler is. I don't really care. Um, but the fact that he was a bit shit as well kind of made it more believable. But that, yeah, he's not. Mm. He's not in charge of everything. He's just like a glorified henchman, um, and he can kind of get away with this because of being not being the big bad. But at the, at the yeah. same time, all the stuff about uh, you watching it again and you look, you think, yeah, well, he, he's encouraging him to, into this life of petty crime already with the graffiti and all that kind of thing. How would he know about this place? Well, obviously, this is how he knows about this place. Um, yeah, just again. A lot of this stuff is telegraphed, and even stupid people like me can kind of grasp it a lot better, but not with this one. Not, well, not either of them, really.
1: Mm. Yeah, agreed. Miles regroups with his spider friends, but he's been followed. A group of villains descend on the spiders, and a huge fight occurs. Prowler catches Miles, and just when it looks like Miles' number is up, he reveals himself to the Prowler. Aaron stalls for a moment. This moment of hesitation causes Kingpin to show him no mercy, shooting Aaron in the back and killing him. Following the loss of his uncle, the other spider folk decide that they're going to complete the mission without Miles and that Peter Parker is going to be the one who's going to stay behind to switch off the collider. They think that Miles isn't ready. He can't control his powers yet and he's had this devastating loss. Um, so that's the end of the second act. How are you feeling at this point, Stu? Uh,
2: this was the only part where it, it started... It, it, well, probably the only part in the whole thing where it dipped a little bit for me. Maybe because it, it had been so bombastic and this was the rare kind of quiet moments of reflection kind of thing um, that I didn't really need. But obviously you do need it. Um, but yeah. It it's it's hard because I've watched it so recently, it's hard to go back to what you think of the first time around. Um, mm. but yeah, it, it was almost like, well, something's ridiculous is gonna have to happen next because this has gone the change of the change of pace has slowed in so dramatically that why is that this happened kind of thing? And then obviously it makes perfect sense afterwards. Mm.
1: Matt, I suppose this is probably the most generic moment of the film. This is something that we would have seen in other comic book movies, the the moment of self doubt. Of self doubt. Yeah,
0: you took the words out of my mouth there. Um, it's interesting because the film even touches on the fact that it's like, it, he doesn't say, don't give me that shit, but he basically, you know, with the whole, with great power comes great responsibility, and then alternative Peter Parker goes, don't say that, don't finish that sentence or whatever. Mm. Like, it, it, it acknowledges that, like that, doesn't always apply to every scenario. But then we have that ev- very run of the mill. Okay, so they've got it. He's and it, that some event will happen for him to find his mojo, and then he'll ultimately be the hero. Which felt a little bit of a shame when everything, nearly everything up to now, felt super original and something I hadn't seen before, or at least not presented in that way. Whereas. In the same way that I described The Flash as tries to be Shakespeare, ends up a Sharknado,
2: it's not, <laughs> it, is,
0: it, it isn't to this level at all. And this is not so much a critique for this, but the more serious bits of it just didn't hit the high notes because you've seen it in every other comic book film. It's not new. Whereas this felt like it was better than that.
2: Mm,
1: yeah. I think, I mean, I've only seen. Across the Spider Verse, once I think Across the Spider Verse handles those moments a lot better in retrospect. I think, um, yeah, you'll have to get back to me on that, Matt, when you've got ready to see it, see what you think. Stu, mm. do, do you think it handles those beats yeah. better? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I've already made my thoughts on that film perfectly clear last week. But yeah, for you, for worried to again, this mystique that's built, built up over the last week after what happened. <laughs> It is not a bad film. It is not as good as this one.
1: Okay. I disagree, but okay. (laughs) Uh, Miles refused to take it lying down. He visits Aunt May, who helps him create a suit and gives him a a web shooter. He's able to master his abilities now. Meanwhile, at the Collider, the spiders have been found by the Legion of Doom. They've been ambushed and things are going badly. Until Doc Ock's arm starts to uh, malfunction and starts punching her in the face. But actually, no, it's Miles Morales. He's now invisible and he's attacking from within. We get the fight with worlds colliding with colours and creations from all across the multiverse. One by one, each Spider-Man leaves through the portal, returning to their home. Until only Miles is left. He's there to take on the responsibility to save the world and the whole of the multiverse in one last showdown with Wilson Fisk. When all hope appears lost, Miles employs an old trick that he was taught by his uncle, ending up electrocuting Fisk and saving everything and everyone. That's the end of the film, but we do get a post-credit scene with Spider-Man 2099, uh, Miguel O'Hara, who is putting on the first multiversal transporter. What did you think of the ending of this film, Shu?
2: Loved it. <laughs> absolutely absolutely loved it. Again, like you said, the the, the colours, the arrangement of things, it making perfect sense. Um which you wouldn't have expected with the the, the cats of characters that was there. Yeah. Just everything about it and it the further I've watched it I think this is six, seven times now. Um doesn't change my opinion on it whatsoever normally you kind of sear on it over time. Nah, not this one. Mm. I think the bits we haven't even gone into like the the robot stuff or spider ham and like normally how annoying that kind of character would be. Mm. Yet it works in this. And even like the little mallet (laughs) (laughs) which again it's just it's so stupid and out of place with everything else that's happening. And you think but it works. It works perfectly. Mm like
1: as a uh, batman reader for a long time there's a character called Batmite who is effectively like Spider-Ham and he's just this fucking silly annoying shit. So when I saw Spider-Ham I thought oh god he's going to be the comic relief in a film that doesn't particularly need comic relief but actually no he that is used to perfection I think
2: unlike scrappy dick.
1: Yeah. Yeah that's that sort of thing isn't it. <laughs> Uh, Matt, sorry how are you feeling about the ending it's like it's kind of
0: gorgeous isn't it all the colors and everything going on uh, it is uh it is it's a little uh, and everyone went you know everyone had a happy ending it's just a bit run-of-the-mill storyline wise at the end but it, it's 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 visual enough and gorgeous enough that it, it it's okay um and that's like the the main critique really is I guess it's it's three quarters of excellent and then it just tails off towards the end by being a bit too generic i guess but um i certainly the ending certainly whetted the appetite for more which is a, always a positive knowing that the other one like is out at the time of watching this for this you know is given me the urge to want to watch it so you know I must have enjoyed the ending to 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 some capacity it's done its job and obviously you as a multiversal
1: critic (laughs) so i mean obviously you know that the next film is going to be heavily set within the multiverse Mm -hmm. and you've seen this how is that like in, in the realm of multiversal films how are you feeling
0: about that side of things well this is like this explains it as yeah we've come from another universe that's all you need to know which is which is how it should be like it doesn't need more explanation than that it doesn't need to act cleverer than it is we come from another universe and don't fuck with time that that should just be the overarching message of like the, I mean I thought the flash dealt with it fairly well in Ooh. a way in terms of like yep this is happening don't question it just just experience it enjoy it and that this did exactly that like if if um no way home or whichever one it was with the other part Peter Parker's um was a little less complicated and convoluted. And then don't get me started on Doctor Strange. Like, I would have had a lot more fun with it if it was just um, used as a plot device as opposed to driving the entire plot. Because that's what this is. It's yeah. just, you got, we come from another universe, that's all you really need to know about it. Um, and and then we, we've we got villains to fight. Because that's all it is in this, really. It was handled well. Yeah. Didn't need to get into
1: string theory and stuff, did yeah, it was yeah. yeah, it was great. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Right, so the budget on this film was $90 million, which is quite a lot for an animated film, in fairness, but I think you can see on screen, like it's it's $90 million spent on screen, I think. The box office return was $384 million, um, which isn't a massive amount in retrospect. I think I expected it to do a bit better, but apparently not. Uh, just to compare against the current film... Across the Spider-Verse was a hundred million and has so far made four hundred and twelve million dollars. Um at the time of recording, it was released obviously a week and a half ago. It's the ninth highest grossing film of 2023 so far. So not bad going. Obviously, it's got a hell of a long way to go to hit Mario's target. Um Mario, after 10 weeks, is still number seven in the worldwide film charts. And has made over one point three billion dollars. And don't... it's
2: all—it's also available at home now as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's—it's it's incredible. I think when I looked this week, there's still like three showings a day of Mario. It's incredible how successful it's been. I think there's been some controversy with Spider Verse in the Middle East, so I don't think it's going to hit the billion because. A lot of the money comes from China and the Middle East region. So I I think it's going to make a lot. I don't know if it's going to make the billion, but I think it deserves it because I think it was an excellent, excellent film. But obviously listen to last week.
0: What's their beef with it? Uh, So there's one of the characters
1: wears a trans pride badge. (laughs) Or it's, it's something about a trans lives matter, something like that. So the... I think it's either the Chinese government or the Saudi Arabian government, or potentially both, have told them you need to remove it. And um, Lord and Miller are like, nope, we're not doing that. So they're just not playing it out there. So mm. it's kind of like you either take it as it is or get fucked. Mm. And I kind of applaud their stance on it. So, yeah, good for them. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse, of course, one the Oscar for Best Animated Feature at the 91st Academy Awards. It also won the Golden Globe and BAFTA that, that year as well. It was up against Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, I've not seen Mirai. It's, it looks like a Studio Ghibli-type film. The other films it was up against were not outstanding. Like They're all good, but nothing... Nothing on anywhere near this one, I don't think, personally. Um, before I give you the scores on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, though, what do you think they'll be, Matt?
0: Um, I think they'll be pretty high. I think, especially if you're a lover of this world, it's probably pretty special. So eight, eight, 8.5 for both, I'd have thought. Stu, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah. Probably, well, no, actually, I'll go a bit higher than that. I'll, I'll go closer to 9s for both.
1: So, IMDb it's got an 8.4 and Rotten Tomatoes audience score is 97% Ooh. and the critical score is 94%. Yeah.
0: Um
1: yeah, it's it, it's loved. Like I'm I'm kind of not shocked either because it, it's so well made and I think if you go to this film regardless of your you know, varying mileage on superhero films, you will still have a good time with the movie. Uh, Ben Sachs from the Chicago Reader actually captures the sensation of getting absorbed in a comic book. David Sims from The Atlantic, the latest entry in a fully saturated genre that somehow, through sheer creative gumption, does something new. Of the near 400 reviews, only 11 gave it anything near negative. Uh, Roger Moore from uh, Movie Nation.
2: Back from the day. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jerky motion, blurred action beats, a clever conceit ruined by sloppy animation, Um, which was something I noticed in a couple of the negative ones. I didn't chime with the uh, the animation, which I completely disagree with. I think the animation is Mm just phenomenal. Ah, uh, Brian Viner from the Daily Mail: A monumentally long Marvel animation, which is at least thirty percent less witty than everyone involved seems to think it is. I mean, that's from the Daily Mail, so I suppose what do you expect? Uh, unsurprisingly, Amazon lovers loved uh, Amazon users, sorry, loved this film too. Four point seven out of five, with ninety-three percent four or five star reviews with 24,000 people leaving reviews on this film. Like, that's far and away the most that we've looked at. Uh, there's only one which I could find which actually, like, critiqued the film, like, in a negative sense. All the other negative reviews were just very much, there is a problem with the DVD, which isn't really what the point is. <clears throat> so Ken One said, Seemed okay at first, but pedestrian. Personally not a fan of overstylized animation. Lots of zap, pow, ultra-vivid colours and effects. Rather reminiscent of an admittedly much better quality, 1970s-style cartoon, in my opinion. This film has generic, boring, predictable storyline. Hero doubts self. Hero does some soul-searching. Hero eventually steps up to save the world. Watched about 20 minutes and then skipped ahead. Watched a bit more. Got bored. Turned off. One of those films you either love or hate, I guess. I genuinely think if you say in your review, I've not watched this entire film, <laughs> your your opinion is just completely null and void at that yeah. point. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, anyway, moving on. Good, bad and crazy. Stu, kick us off.
2: I mean, the good's obviously how it looks. <laughs> because, like I said earlier, it's still blows my mind that it's even possible that this even works. Because again, that was... I, I did worry about that the first... That was one of the first things when we did see the trailer thinking, will this get annoying looking at like this? But, I mean, mm-hmm. this is someone who can't really play 30, 30 FPS games anymore and it has to be 60 all the time because the, 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 the lack of smoothies pisses me off. So for something like this to happen, to come along and be deliberately made to look like this and be so unique and it work it's just brilliant just superb mm. the reason no motion, bad.
1: I was gonna say like t- to that point I was a little bit worried like with my motion sickness thing when playing games I did wonder if this would set it off but it, it doesn't does it it's no yeah smooth as anything but it looks like it shouldn't be
2: yeah I mean, there is no bad so that that's just that's easy <laughs> enough I mean the crazy, I mean, there was something out, I mean, the crazy originally was going to be that, yeah, they had the bollocks to to make this in the first place and cast it with a black kid. Mm. Yeah, Puerto Rican maybe, but it's still in this era of a lot of things didn't seem as bad as they are now five years ago, which is mad to say. Um but it was still a pretty controversial thing to do, so, so hmm. fair play to them. But now, the crazy is that the overall looking at Rotten Tomatoes score thing, the audience agree with me that they prefer this one rather than Across the Spider-Verse.
1: Well, they're not always right, are they?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what about yourself? I mean, it's, it's good, bad and crazy is the way it looks for me, mm. if I'm honest. Because yeah, it's it's so unique, but it is it, it, it does get a bit tiring. If I'm if I'm brutally honest with you, I don't know if it's like just the, the you know I have troubles with reds and greens anyway. A lot of it okay. blurs. A lot of it blurs into one for me. Like I really struggle with shades of of, of, of colors. Um, and so a lot of it, it's not like, uh, you know, I don't look at a Man United shirt and it doesn't look gray or anything like that. I know it's a red, but if you hold that up and then another shade of red, I'm, I'm going to struggle to to differentiate the two. Um, and so it becomes a bit of a mess at times, the animation in this, it just, it's just so much going on. It's like, I, I my eyes need a break from it a little bit, um, but I can't deny how gorgeous it is at the same time. And, you know, apart from the colours kind of being a bit difficult to process, like the the pace in which that happens and the different types of animation that comes through and those little flashes of comic book, you know, pages being turned or little things of text is just really, really unique. And it's mad that it's took so long to find something like this that does it so well. It's just that for my personal taste it verge on a little bit much.
1: Mm. That makes sense. I never even thought about people who have like colour blindness and, and, and issues on, on that side of things. But yeah, that must be a a real issue when things are moving at right next speeds and you've got all the colours in the world going on at once. It's yeah, I, I never even contemplated that, but that's a very good point.
2: You know, on the, on the red green thing as well, because a lot of it is some <laughs> In some of the scenes, the red and green outline of the character, it does look like it's there all the time. And it looks like when you, you've you got the glass, watching a 3D film without the glasses on. Mm. And yeah. I did what I did. I mean, the price of that, I mean, I still haven't got one because I don't really want to spend 98 quid to buy a 3D Blu-ray of this film. Um, but it's so rare that you can only import it from Japan for whatever mad reason. Oh, wow. So I've only ever seen it in 3D once and that was that was the first time round. But I did think that when I watched it again at home that have I got the wrong version here because I don't remember it being like this. So there's there is it's that's not as bad as it seems.
1: Mm. I think there's two reasons for it why why they've done that. One is obviously the visual cue of seeing red green makes you think 3D. Because mm. obviously we've got the whole history of that you know those old uh, glasses that you get with comic three D comic books and stuff, and also foreshadowing for the next film. So I think it's two tier why they've put that in there. So I thought that was it's very interesting, but at the same time, if you have issues with it, maybe not ideal. Uh, my goods, like it's, it's everything I've, we've all said at several points throughout this. You know, it's it's just brilliant, like. I sometimes like to try and be quite verbose and say about what I love about stuff, but it's so difficult to say one thing. i just fucking loved everything. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was wonderful. If, you know the acting from the voice actors, the animation style, the direction, the script, everything is done really well on it. And for a film that you would imagine would have predominantly been aimed at kids. Once it's come out the other end, I don't really feel like it is a kid's film. It's a film for absolutely everybody. It works on so many different levels and it's so embracing of its uniqueness. And I think that it's just wonderful for it. My only bad, really, is probably how quickly Miles manages to master his abilities. Like he's literally gone from, I can't do this, turning invisible. And then two hours later, he's at Art Maze and he can do it at the drop of a hat. And it's like, okay, that's a little bit too... Mary Sue, I think, is the term. Like, you've got it too quickly for, for my liking. Kind of wanting to glitch a little bit and not get it right and have the issues that come with that. But I suppose that that's because at this point we're two hours into the film, so I suppose they need to wrap it up. Uh, and the crazy, I hadn't re- remembered how little Spider-Man Noir was in this film. Like, I remember at the back of this, off the end of this film – Everyone wanted a Spider-Man Noir series or spin-off film, either live-action or animated. And in my mind, it worked up that Spider-Man Noir was like a massive part of this film. And in actuality, I bet he's got about four, or five lines in total. <laughs> he doesn't say a massive amount. Um, like he's very good in what he does, but he's not in it anywhere near a lot at all. And uh, it, it's just kind of crazy how much love. Nick Cage, Spider Man Noir, got off the back of a very short run in the film, and it it was just kind of surprising watching it now. Uh, So moving on, did you enjoy the film, Stu?
2: Yeah, obviously. Yeah, (laughs) Matt, because (laughs) it's
0: Yeah, yeah, brilliant. To be fair, it was uh, it was a good romp, um, and uh, my enjoyment of that universe is uh, much better for it.
1: Yep. Yeah. Clean sweep, brilliant, loved it. Um, Matt, you did point out in the group chat, is it worth asking the question, is Nick Cage good or bad in this film? Because he's not really in it. Um, but yeah, it, was he it good or bad, Matt? And would you want a Spider-Man noir film series? Would that be something that would interest
0: you? Uh, uh, w- was he good... If that's not the question, now is it's like it, it's this film or this film alone, isn't it normally about the yeah. Nick Cage stuff? Yeah. So that's got to be a dud like, str- struck from the records in terms of our overall scoring when this podcast is done. But I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that the Nick Cage that we know was Spider-Man Noir because it makes you smile because you hear Nick mm-hmm. Cage's voice. But if we didn't know who Nick Cage was, there's nothing special about that. Four lines he says. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas, yes, I'd absolutely want to see, um, some noir Spider Man stuff because it's very tongue in cheek, Dick Tracy, all that kind of stuff is brilliant. But you'd want to see him in a fish out of water story in 2025 by the time that film came out. You'd want to see him transported then, not in his own world, I think, for it to, to really have like the comedic chops of it.
1: Mm hmm. Would you want it live action or animated?
0: Uh, Animated, I think. Yeah. Because otherwise it's going to end up like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but not in a good way. (laughs) Mm,
1: Yeah, I get you. Stu, same questions to you, mate.
2: Yeah. I think I fully agree with that because, I mean, if something like Invincible can have its own run on Amazon, Mm -hmm. then there's no reason why this couldn't have at least like six episodes. And... The fact that he probably spoke more in that press conference the other day at Summer Games Fest promoting Dead by Daylight than he did in this film. Gotta say, it's all that you need to know. But again, when when I mean, that is completely true, because I remember asking at the time when my mum saw it, um, I was saying about Spider Man Noir, and she was like, Well, what was the point of Nick Cage doing that? Well, they could have just got anyone to do it. I thought, Well, that's probably the reason why, because it was such a small little throwaway thing that you want someone with a big name, a relatively mm. big name at the time, um, just as a kind of guest star that you don't want to promote on anything and a, a bit of an in-joke and a bit of a laugh for everyone else. So I, I think him being him being that character makes the character more than the character itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. Would you want live action? No, or I, animated or anything. I don't think
2: or- it, I don't think live action would work though because it's like crossing the streams again, you don't want it's like Ah-h- Ahsoka. Ahsoka doesn't really work that well for me. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a Clone Wars Rebels thing. And however good that portrayal is in Boba Fett and whatever and around series soon. It it's not the same. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to see anything changed or Yeah, okay. I think Animated it, I know it would be, it'd be costly as well, but animated it in that style, like, like a mini-series of four or six episodes would be perfect.
1: Mm. I mean, they could animate it in the style they did because when they were telling us each individual character, they did their own style to it. Yeah. So, and it was all very much black and white, striking lines, and I think they could do that, and that would be great. I'd, I'd be well up for seeing a series of Spider-Man Noir punching Nazis in the face. Like I think that would be quite good fun,
2: mm.
1: so I'd be up for that. But you are both right. It's very much Nick Cage lending his star power to that character makes that character infinitely more interesting than that character making Nick Cage's performance. You know, so uh, yeah, you are right. It's very much a null and void question for for this one. He's just not in it enough. Similar to like Kickass, but obviously he's in Kickass a lot more. I feel like when we do our top five Nick Cage films, this would probably be up there with one of the best films he's been in but it's not a Nick Cage film so it's probably, when I redo my list, which is next week for our birthday cast um, it's probably not going to make it purely on the basis that he's just not in it enough, unfortunately So finally finish the sentence If you enjoyed Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, you might also like Matt
0: Uh, the lego batman movie (laughs)
2: um
0: just because it like obviously it's not the same animation wow to it but it's it felt different enough from anything i'd seen prior to that that it was entertaining nonetheless and it was very much watching it with a smile and a smirk on your face the whole way through Mm -hmm. um and sometimes that's all that you should come to expect from a film like this, you shouldn't expect the world. And Lego Batman movie leans into that a lot. It's just a lot of fun and also looks very cool at the same time. Yeah. Great choice. Stu.
2: <laughs> He's it, has not he? Um, <laughs> I mean, the only other thing that's, that looks weird and you. Uni- I mean, it's a, that's a good thing about the, um, no, we're not, not mentioning it, actually. Um, this, what was that film with um, Keanu Reeves in years and years ago? The Scanner was, Darkly. Yeah, that, that's the one, yeah, where it was there was drawn over the cells, and that still looks amazing now.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, oh, they were Scanner Darkly, just because of how strange it was and still is, and there's probably a reason why it's never been done again since then um it w- wasn't a great film but visually it's pretty amazing really even even now
1: yeah uh, i was going to go with um the, the batman lego film as well in fairness cuz I, I think that that really is the perfect accompaniment other than obviously across the spider verse um caroline I think is a really unique looking animated film as well. So I'd probably go with that one. Like The story doesn't really fit with it, but it's got that gothicness and obviously it's a Neil Gaiman book, so the source material is great, which really supports the the look and feel of the film. So it's very different to this, but if you want something that looks unique, yeah, I'd go with that one personally. Right, so that's another Nick Cage movie in the record books. If you've seen this or any of the others, please get in contact. We're on the socials at CageFightingPod or emails to cagefightingpod at gmail.com. Please make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcaster that you're listening to as well. And if you could leave us a review, we would love you forever. As I said, next week we will be giving our revised top five Nick Cage performances when Cage Fighting turns three years old. (laughs) which is quite incredible to say (laughs) Uh, finally thank you very much for joining us this week and if you could tell a friend about what we do we would
0: truly appreciate it so for this week Matt would you like to say goodbye take it easy everybody look after yourselves and uh, check in on your pals have a great and profitable week ahead Stu would you like to say goodbye
2: you know what I I completely forgot to say earlier that there's a thing about these Spider-Man films but we should have mentioned it with Dave last week as well. That do you prefer your web fluid natural or in a pack? I
0: prefer natural. Yeah. Uh, I don't like um, I don't like these whole web shooter things. Mm-hmm. I think it takes away from the mystique of it being a, a kind of a, a, a supernatural thing where anybody could. Anybody, you know, anybody can't be Batman because we're not all rich, but anybody can be Spider-Man as long as you've got the upper body strength when you've got a web shooter. So.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think I'd be able to do it even with a web, web shooter, to be fair. But, <laughs> but the, the point still stands, yeah, you've got to have, have spider spunk here. You, you, can't, you can't be having some synthetic bollocks.
1: <laughs> mm.
2: Do you want to say goodbye, Stu? Oh, yeah, yeah
1: goodbye. <laughs> it's goodbye from me, and remember, be excellent to each other. Oh, mm-hmm.